Welcome to iTalk. For Brookside Optometric Group, I'm Brent Critchfield. Presbyopia is a normal part of aging that eventually affects pretty much everyone, but most people don't understand it. Coming up, Dr. Bob Melrose and his wife Rosemary Melrose will explore the causes, symptoms, and treatments of this common condition. Then we'll meet the new CEO of the Greater Stockton Chamber of Commerce. Tim Quinn took over after Doug Wilhoyt retired and is focused on bringing the chamber back stronger and better than ever post-pandemic. First, though, here's Dr. Bob Melrose with what's new in eye care. This is Dr. Bob Melrose with another edition of iTalk. And today I want to start off the talk about a new, as it's called, an eye-catching smartphone app that can make it easier to screen for neurological conditions at home. Our pupil sizes change with our various uh, cognitive tasks that we do. Uh, Very, very small changes, but they are definitely there. And a research team out of the University of California, San Diego, is working with a near-infrared camera device that can be used to measure the pupillary changes uh, in people that have uh, normal cognitive function and abnormal cognitive function. This would allow people with conditions like ADHD or with Alzheimer's to be screened to see if they are indeed having these conditions and to be uh, sent off for treatment. The app is used uh, currently with very expensive technology and very large equipment, so it's not ready for commercial use, but they are hoping to take this information and turn it into a smartphone app that people could use in their homes. The goal is to have a person use their selfie camera with a near-infrared filter that would allow them to do uh, home monitoring of their pupil sizes as they perform certain tasks that would be laid out for them to do. If the pupil sizes change normally, then they would be able to know if they're having any type of early signs of uh, Alzheimer's, for example. And if the pupil sizes change uh, abnormally, then they know something may be brewing. This is not available commercially at this stage of the game. It has a lot of years of uh, fine tuning to do, but it's an exciting new uh, area of study for the early detection of some of these conditions so that hopefully treatment can be started early and give people a better game plan for how they want to live their lives. Exciting stuff. This has only been recently published in April of 2022, but down the road, uh, this may be something that we'll be able to do during our morning uh, rituals of getting ready for work, brush our teeth, comb our hair, and check pupil sizes for neurological conditions. Exciting technology, and I can't wait to see what it does in the future. Presbyopia will affect pretty much everyone as they get older, but most people don't even have a basic understanding of the condition. Doctors Bob and Rosemary will explain why you'll likely need reading glasses eventually, and some alternatives to handling presbyopia. Hello, this is Dr. Bob Melrose from the Brookside Optometric Group, and I'm here with my absolute favorite partner in the practice, my wife, Dr. Rosemary Melrose, and we're going to talk about something that eventually hits all of us if we are lucky enough to have enough birthdays. So, Rosie, Dr. Rosie, tell us a little bit about this thing called presbyopia. Well, first of all, it's hard to say, presbyopia, Uh, but what it means is the need for reading glasses, which usually happens in middle age. And uh, so middle age being what? Early 40s for most people. Some people are early bloomers. Some are late bloomers. 
And what symptoms do they notice when they start to bump into this? Hmm, a couple different things. Um, first of all, people will notice that if they hold things a little further away, it's clearer, and as they've seen their parents do most of their life. Uh, the other thing is small print becomes very difficult to see. And sometimes um, people will use a magnifying glass, um, get cheaters from the store, or improve the lighting. But uh, one way or another, uh, when those tricks stop working, then you need to um, come see your eye doctor. Got it. So uh, one of the uh, uh, misconceptions about having enough birthdays is that suddenly your arms get shorter. Is that really true? Hmm. Well, I've used a tape measure and I can verify that is not true. Okay. The arms stay the same. The eyes just don't focus as well. And what's causing that? Well, we all have an internal lens right behind the iris, the colored part of the eye. It's a beautiful structure called the crystalline lens, but it's a tissue that grows throughout life. So children start out with very thin, flexible lenses, and maybe you've noticed kids can focus on the end of their nose. But just like trees get another ring every year, our crystalline lens gets another layer of fibers every year. So as it gradually it gets thicker, it gets less flexible. And around mm, average age 42, that's when people start noticing, gee, I can't hold things as close as I used to and I can't see the small print anymore. So at that point, uh, are, are bifocals uh, a fade complete then? Or what are the, what are the alternatives to uh, uh, glasses types, things like that, depending on, on the individual? Oh, well, there are all kinds of different things. Um, first of all, some people are blessed if, if they are nearsighted to start with, meaning they don't see well far away and use glasses for that. Um, they will always be able to read up close. In fact, I call it their superpower. Um, but for those of us maybe who have excellent faraway vision and begin having trouble reading, uh, the simplest thing to do is um, reading glasses, a mild prescription, and then gradually need stronger ones over the years. If we go with prescription glasses, there are two different formats. Uh, one is the traditional bifocal that has a line. And again, baby boomers and, and people younger than that do not want a line in their glasses. No. Um, the alternative to that is a progressive lens, which um, has graduated power, uh, meaning when you look far away, you have your distance prescription, which in many cases is none. Uh, but as you drop your eyes down gradually, there's more and more focusing until when you're at the bottom of the lens, you have the strongest power. And again, with those lenses, someone looking at you would have no idea you were wearing any type of reading aid. No, it's a secret that we have. Well, that's kind of handy. And for enough money, we won't tell your friends. <laughs> you can just send those uh, checks directly to our Swiss bank account. Uh, that we, we'll give you the number here a little bit later on. So, everyone, so basically, everyone bumps into this issue. Is that right? Unless they are nearsighted, okay. yes. But you know, Dr. Bob, there are some other alternatives that I didn't get to mention. Okay, what are those? The related to contact lenses. So they make multifocal contact lenses, which um, give you far and near vision. I'll say they're more successful in some people than others. So it's not a guaranteed, but there's another approach called monovision, where we use a contact lens in one eye only that would usually have the reading prescription. And although it sounds kooky and like it would never work, statistically for two thirds of people, the brain just uses whichever eye is clearer. I can't imagine anyone being able to do that. Anyone on the planet. <laughs> oh, I've got a few. And you know what? If people like it enough, sometimes they have it done permanently with LASIK surgery. Wait a minute. That's what I did. That's right. 
<laughs> that was supposed to be a secret. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm just I'm eternally youthful. That's all there is to it. And so uh, this is not something to be worried about, concerned about. Your eyes aren't falling apart. You're not going blind. This is just a natural change if you're lucky enough to have enough birthdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a change that's been going on since birth, but it's so gradual we don't know it, notice it until all of a sudden we can't read things we need to. And also, of course, some of the symptoms also may be early signs of uh, this kicking in is a slowness for the eyes to be able to go from distance vision to near vision it takes a second for it to clear up. And then after you've been, you get the near, you look far away, it takes a couple of seconds for the clear the far away to get better too, correct? Oh yeah. Patients tell me that as well. Yeah. This is kind of a lag of that lens finally being able to do it and then being asked <laughs> to do something completely different. I think I can. I think I can. There you go. Well, thank you very much. A lot of people get worried about this. A lot of people look at it as a... Uh, a sign of getting older, I like to tell people that it's just your eyes get to a certain stage in life where they're no longer going to be challenged with the problems of immaturity. There you go. Gaining in wisdom as they go. <laughs> exactly. Doug Wilhoyt was CEO of the Greater Stockton Chamber of Commerce for many years and had a huge role in driving the Chamber's influence in the Stockton community and helping local businesses. After Doug's retirement, Tim Quinn has taken over as the Chamber's new CEO. In this interview, Tim shares his vision for the future of the Chamber and the City of Stockton. Welcome back to another edition of iTalk with, uh, from the Brookside Metro Group. I'm Dr. Melrose, and today I have a real treat because earlier in one of our early podcasts, I had the opportunity to interview Doug Wilhoyt, who was CEO of the Greater Stockton Chamber of Commerce, and Doug has now retired, and now we have a brand new CEO, Tim Quinn, and I am anxious to hear what his vision is for the Chamber as we go forward, and what uh, is in store for us post-pandemic with the Greater Stockton Chamber of Commerce. So, Tim, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Bob. I'm excited. So, tell us what it's like. You're, you are now at the helm. You've been with the, you've been with the Chamber for a long time. Yes. Yeah, it'll be 17 years coming up in August here. So. Yeah. Okay. So, not not a newbie by any stretch. No. Uh, but it's a little different when you're holding on to the... Uh, the king's uh, scepter, as it were. <laughs> yes, it is. Definitely a lot more responsibility, that's for sure. What are the biggest challenges we're facing as a chamber uh, as we are uh, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here with COVID? Um, just really trying to uh, do everything that we've been doing throughout the pandemic and then bringing some of the, the things that we uh, used to do post or pre-pandemic back uh, and just really finding the, the time and the staff to, to get all that stuff done. So uh, one of my, my main goals here is to uh, really get the chamber staff back up to where we used to be because uh, we uh, had to lay some people off during the, the pandemic. Uh, just getting it back up so we're able to really deliver on all the, uh, the programs and services that uh, we provide the business community. Well, and having a business uh, that went through the pandemic uh, issues in Stockton, the chamber did an amazing job. Uh, tell us some of the stuff you did to help the community during this time. Yeah, we really uh, pivoted a lot because, uh, you know, pre-pandemic, we were really focused on our membership and, and really um, helping them out, but really just uh, with our programs and, and services and events and not really focusing too much on some of the bigger picture stuff, uh, you know, uh, from the state, the local restrictions, local government and everything. You know, we, we had an active government relations council, but, um, you know, we weren't really active in getting information 
that's really relevant to our members out there on um, how they can better their business and, and really what's going on. So we really pivoted and uh, focused more on uh, the whole business community, not just our members, because we wanted uh, you know people that weren't members too, to to be able to to survive the pandemic. So we'd have businesses and have a community when when this all kind of passed. So we really focused on just getting the, the most information we can out there, the most up-to-date information uh, for businesses in one place, you know, uh, whether it be uh, the new restrictions, local, federal, or state, and just the, the funding opportunities available for these businesses to uh, to really be able to stay afloat. Because that was one of the biggest challenges uh, during the pandemic when everything kind of shut down uh, and people was like, lost a lot of their the income that was coming in and really just uh, making sure they were, had that the access to the, those funds, either the grants or uh, things like that, or PPP and all that good stuff that, that was available for them out there. Well, here you are a... Uh organization that helps people in business and business got shut down yeah. that's an interesting place to be in for for you guys uh you were amazing getting ppe out i know that you had several events uh handing out masks and, and sanitizers and everything yeah. else i mean uh, throughout the city oh yeah yeah we were uh, very lucky to partner with uh, some of our members uh universe corporation uh partnered with us uh for that first big uh, distribution here and then we uh, partnered with cal oes uh to get uh ppe out to our members as well as the city of stockton and um visit stockton as well um through their um healthy pledge program so we were able to i forget i was gonna do a, a tally for the state of the city coming up here how many masks we got we got out how many hand sanitizers and everything it was it was crazy this conference room here we moved these chairs out to the side we're recording you can't see i know but uh <laughs> it was all boxes of masks it was great that whole wall um in the conference room was lined up with i think it was 50 boxes of um, big boxes of K, uh, or actually N95s, and then later on we got the KN95s and the blue surgical masks, but it was it was amazing. The truck pulled up, and there was like, how are we gonna get this upstairs? They had a couple pallets. We had to depalletize a little, a couple of them, but luckily we have a freight elevator uh, not close to, pretty close to our back door, <laughs> so we were able to, to get them all in here. And that was all uh, gratis. The, the uh, business community did not have to p- purchase any of that. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, it's uh, not only in the pandemic uh, with our, our office uh, trying to uh, handle all of this, but not only was it uh, the cost of getting those things, but it was just the accessibility. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people just simply couldn't find anything because the stores, the shelves were empty, as everyone remembers. So uh, quite an interesting time. Yes. So so now we're kind of past that. Thank goodness. Uh, we're seeing, the, like I said, the light at the end of the tunnel, and it really is truly daylight, not a train coming down the track. Um <laughs> Where do you see the chamber that what what is the chamber going to be doing in the rest of 2022? 2022, we're just kind of getting back to, to business as usual with some of our um, in-person events and that. But really, uh, we're focusing on uh, being a little more intentional and learning what the businesses in the community really want out of us. Uh, you know, we've, we're a 121 year old organization founded in 1901. Uh, and a lot of the, the things we're doing here at the chamber, we've been doing for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. So really just uh, taking a hard look at uh, what we're doing and make sure we're doing it for the right reason. And it's what the, the community wants, not just because that's what we've always done. So uh, one of my big goals is really to, to get out in the community and uh, sit down with our members and really see you know, what's going on with them, what's good, what's good, what's bad, how we can help, and uh, how we can make the chamber um, 
more accessible, not more accessible, but you know, uh, better suited to uh, their needs and how we can really uh, tailor uh, what we offer to make sure that we're giving the business community really what they need, not just what we think they need. But I've often said that uh, to me, the power of the Chamber of Commerce is uh, the, the Chamber and Visit Stockton truly are our two largest uh, cheerleaders for our community, uh, encouraging uh, people to move here, encouraging businesses to move here, jobs and whatnot, as well as um, I think people, when people think of business, I think they think of Amazon or they think of uh, hedge fund managers sitting up in a ivory tower someplace trying to find some way to, to uh, take money out of the hands of, <laughs> of uh, widows and orphans. But really the business community is uh, independent uh, shop owners yeah. that are uh, have a dream to be their own boss and to be able to uh, make a go of it and uh, be innovative and whatnot. And yet there's a lot to it. There's a lot that goes on with it. And uh, what are some of the things that chambers can do for people that are looking into doing that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're really working uh, with different organizations, with our ethnic chambers, the African-American chamber, Hispanic chamber, um, Asian-American chamber, as well as the uh, Small Business Development Center, which just recently um, was taken over by the California Asian chamber. Uh, really working together with them, uh, collaborating a lot on uh, uh, events as well as um, trainings for these members out there. We want to make sure we're not duplicating services because uh, they they've got expertise in a lot of those fields that we don't have. So we want to make sure we're partnering with them and really getting the, the information out there uh, to the members that will help them out, uh, you know, if they're starting a business, if they need help with marketing, if they need help with just really uh, the day-to-day -day running the business or business plan. We had a uh, um, lunch and learn about, you know, business plans. And we thought, like, oh, we'll get some people Sorry, But there was people that have been in business a long time that showed up and they said, you know, I don't have a business plan. <laughs> it was like, but they're still in business, they're successful, but it's like, you could be a lot more successful if you kind of plan it out and know where you're going. So that was really eye-opening for me, uh, seeing that and saying, you know, we need to offer more you know, trainings like this and partner with organizations uh, that have this training to, to make these people uh, realize that, you know, <laughs> there's there's other stuff they can do to, to be successful, really giving them all the tools uh, in their toolbox to, to really be that and, and really succeed. Because like you said, when you think about business and commerce, uh, you think about those large companies and we do have, you know, a lot of members that are, are bigger members, but the majority of our members are those small businesses. So we want to make sure, you know, we're helping the, the large businesses, but helping the small businesses as well, because they're the ones that that get things done in the community. They're the ones that sponsor the you know, little league teams, or that you go and you need a donation for your golf tournament or something like that. You know, they're the ones that, that you're gonna get that from. You know, sometimes it's it's harder to work with the bigger companies on things like that because of all the uh, the levels and everything. But when you're dealing with a small business, and you're dealing with the owner, it's a lot easier to uh, to get things done uh, quickly and efficiently uh, at the local level. So we're we're really. Um, happy that our, our membership is balanced the way it is and we really love to support our, our local businesses well and also too when people do support local businesses uh you're not um you're not helping that guy in the ivory tower smoking yeah. cigar buy a new yacht you're helping your neighbor keep a roof over their heads yeah. you're helping your neighbor uh pay for their kids college education things like that and uh i know people like to get on the internet these days to do uh just about everything but I don't think people really understand that the way the tax structure works, uh, when you pay sales tax, uh, that funds your police, that funds your roads, that funds uh, the improvements to your own community. And when you buy something in Kansas over the internet, you're helping out Kansas. 
and we and we forget that we do we do it's it's really i think driven the pandemic's really kind of driven that home too there was a re- real big push we were uh, big advocates of it before but there was a real big push just really you know seeing all these people struggling and seeing your neighbors and the main street here you know the miracle mile Lincoln center the businesses you know during the pandemic that were hit hard and just making sure to, to spend your money locally is uh it, it's just very invaluable it, it's amazing how far that that money can go in the community when you when you keep it here local well, and also too, I, uh, as a member of the, of the board of the chamber, uh, we saw our membership numbers change and whatnot, and a lot of businesses didn't survive the pandemic. Uh, these types of things do uh, have a, a horrible weeding out effect for a lot of people's dreams and desires. But we're also seeing a resurgence of people coming in and taking over those spaces that uh, have been vacated by those other businesses with new businesses. How is the membership doing right now in the chamber? The membership is doing great. We've had a really great past six months of new members. Uh, during the, the pandemic, you know, we, we did lose a lot of businesses. They were, you know, some went out of business. Some were just didn't know if they could, you know, work in the same business. They, they couldn't know, like, I'd rather pay my electric bill or, you know, pay my employees and didn't pay the chamber uh, their dues. So we lost a couple, but we're seeing those, those come back now. And uh, we're really hitting the ground running. We're having so many ribbon cuttings for new businesses uh, here in the, in the past couple months. It's, it can be a lot some weeks, but, you know, we're, we're really out there um, showcasing what they offer and really helping them get off the ground and, and really uh, kick their business off right. We just had that one in Weberstown mall for the delicious cravings by michelle and that was amazing there was so many people there in, the, in that little kiosk in the mall but uh it, it's it's amazing the i hear from my friends all the time because i'm out in the community and sharing the the chamber posts on social media and posting things on my own of the places i'm going and the things i'm seeing they're like we learned so much just you know following your your social media feed it's like we didn't know that business existed and, you know we wouldn't have known if it wasn't for the chamber or you you know out there really just being a champion for those people well uh, what i always enjoy with the uh, uh ribbon cuttings is you get to hear the backstories and a lot of these people have uh I know I'm thinking of the uh, the restaurant you were mentioning in the Weberstown Mall. Uh, this has been a dream of theirs, and they were able to to make it happen. And when you see the excitement of their families, the uh, the families getting together to make it work and uh, and to man the place and run the place, uh, you really understand that this isn't uh, this isn't just a place to get something to eat. This is. Uh, as I mentioned before, it's just the dreams and the aspirations and the enthusiasm and the excitement of just everyday people on the street that have said, you know, I want to give this a try. And that's something we have to always encourage and support in our, in our society. There's no question. I think people think when the Chamber of Commerce, they picture uh, bank presidents and owners and they picture uh, titans of industry and all that being together and uh, coming to meetings and, and pounding out strategies and all that. But this is a, an incredible resource for that entrepreneur who is, is, is going out to, to try to make this work. It's not expensive to be a chamber member, is it? No, it's not. Yeah, it's for your base membership, one to four employees, it's $290 a year. So it's, that's not, for a nonprofit, it's $274 a year. And then it goes up after that. So yeah, it's the return on your investment. If you're out there and you're active and you're getting people to, to see what you're doing, you, your return on your investment will be 10, 100 fold. It's amazing. So the price of a few Starbucks uh, a month 
Sorry, Starbucks, you're making a lot of money. You yeah. can afford it. We, we skip you a couple of times. Yeah, we've got to support our local coffee shops. Like a legendary coffee in our building. They have amazing coffee. There you go. <laughs> but uh, it it not only is is creating uh, resources for the for the business owner or whatnot, but you also keep track of uh, legislative changes yes. in Sacramento. And I know the chambers do seem to have a reasonably decent uh, uh uh, power when it comes to writing letters and, and support of uh, or uh, lack of support for legislation. So yes. how is that working with the, with the chamber? Yeah, we have a very strong government relations council. Um, they meet once a month and hear different issues on uh, bills proposed in the state and uh, local propositions on the, um, the ballot coming up here and, and state propositions. Um, we're really working on streamlining that process um, because they only meet once a month and they have to recommend to a board and then the board has to vote on it. Um, so it can it can take a little while, you know, to, to get something through unless it's uh, really urgent. We can uh, do emergency action, uh, but we don't like to do that as too much because we want to make sure that it's still uh, going through the process and, you know, and everything. But we're really working on streamlining that process and coming up with a, a legislative platform uh, for our GRC. So if a bill comes up and say, you know, XYZ is like, oh, this hits that part of it, we can support it right now. We don't have to wait um, to get on the, the call with the, the GRC and then bring it to the board. But it, it's amazing. The the Cal Chamber, we're very close with the Cal Chamber. Uh, Frank uh, and I on the staff, we went through uh, WAC Academy and we go to the, uh, the WAC Western Association of Chamber Executives a conference every year put on by the Cal Chamber and, uh, you know, get to meet with a lot of our um, local and not local, you know, th throughout uh, all the Western United States, even uh, Canada, all the way back to Montana. We got some people from Montana that come out, um, you know, Arizona, Nevada, Washington, all the, you know, the Western United States, I guess. But <laughs> it's amazing um, the power you have and, and the voice uh, you have when you get together. The Cal Chamber has a, a very strong uh, political action uh, committee and they're, they take the lead on a lot of these bills and they'll reach out to the local chambers and we can uh, sign on a... Uh, a petition or a coalition with them and it, it helps to have the the backing of you know 60 to to 100 chambers of commerce on your letter when you're reaching out to these uh, local elected officials so basically you for a, again for the price of a few cups of coffee a, a month you can uh you're, you're not obligated to keep track of all that yourself and do the letter writing yourself and whatnot you have somebody that's uh that's has got your back for sure and and if you have an issue out there if you're having an issue with the you know the city or the county or the state you know let us know we don't know we don't know we're not in that industry if we haven't talked to you you know we don't know what you're going through so if you let us know if there's something coming down the the pike here that you're, you're worried about like let us know and we'll take a look at it and uh, we'll see if we can help in any way we can because it's it's amazing what uh what you can do when you call and you say you're from the chamber <laughs> people will answer the phone and people will, will get back to you and they, they really respect the work we're doing and uh, our membership and, and really what we represent. And I also say that being a part of the chamber is fun. Uh, all the activities you were mentioning and whatnot, one of the uh, enjoyable ones are just the mixers that happen on, on a monthly basis. Uh, business volunteers gets on the list to host a mixer and you go out and they get a chance to showcase who they are. But you get to meet people from a variety of walks of life in the, in the community. And I know what I enjoy so much is I'm a big fan of... Uh, local contacts, local people I'm working with, because I know that if I'm sitting across the table from uh, someone at a Rotary meeting or a Chamber of Commerce meeting or things like that, and they're helping me with a problem that I have, uh, they're going to do everything they can for me because they don't want to stare at me every week and uh, 
go, yeah, sorry, I dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's, and it's, you, you get to know people as people and you get that trust, which I think yeah. is, is important too. So if they wanted to find out more what's going on with the chamber, I know you got a website. So what, what's the address of the website? Website, it's stocktonchamber.org. And how about, uh, I'm, I can't imagine this, but have you heard of this thing called Facebook? Are you on that at all? <laughs> yes, yeah, we have a Facebook page, uh, Greater Stockton Chamber of Commerce. Make sure you put the greater in there because there's a Stockton Chamber of Commerce in Missouri that uh, just adds a Stockton Chamber. So we're the Greater Stockton Chamber of Commerce. We've got a uh, Instagram page, a LinkedIn page, a Twitter page, a YouTube page. You can watch uh, videos of all of our uh, ribbon cuttings. Uh, we do the live stream of our ribbon cuttings on our Facebook page as well. And then uh, we post a video on all the different uh, social media platforms after that. We've done uh, some other events. Uh, some of our program meetings are on our, uh, our videos of that are on our YouTube page as well, as well as our uh, website. Well, I think one of the challenges with life in general is uh, change is always difficult. Change is always uh, um, something to, have to adapt to, and most people don't like to do it. Uh, I know that we had a very unusual situation with our with uh, Doug Wilhoit as our chamber CEO because he was chamber CEO for how many years? Twenty twenty two years. Twenty two years, which is uh, really unheard of in this in this industry. Uh, and a lot of people have trepidation when uh, someone with that level of uh, uh, knowledge and whatnot uh, decides that it's time to do something different with their lives. But I can tell anyone who's listening right now that the chamber is in absolutely phenomenal hands with Tim. His team is amazing. Uh, the workers here is not just a job. It really is a passion. They love this community. They love what it is. They love what they know it can also be. And they're working tirelessly to make that happen for us. So uh, Tim Stockton's in good hands. And I appreciate the fact that you're our, our CEO now. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words, Bob. And like you said, that Doug had some uh, some big shoes to fill, both literally and figuratively. He had some uh, some big feet, but <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to to take on the challenge and really uh, lead this chamber uh, into the the next steps and really uh, make sure we're firing all cylinders and running efficiently and effectively and being the, the best we can for our business community and the, the community as a whole. So Greater Stockton Chamber of Commerce 2.0. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming in today. And anyone who out there is listening, thank you for listening in. Um, think If you're a business owner, think about joining the chamber. It's, a, it's, a, it's an important thing. And I know as a member, I've sometimes had people say, well, how many patients have you gotten by being a chamber member? And I said, you know, I don't have any idea. <laughs> because all I know is that when you have a healthy chamber of commerce, Businesses are coming to your community. When businesses come to your community, they create jobs. People get paychecks and insurance. And a lot of those people really do like to see. So I don't know how many people have walked in the door just because I'm a chamber member. But I know by supporting and having a strong chamber, the economic environment of this town is stronger and better. And that benefits everyone. It's worth the few cups of coffee a month. Yes, it is. I appreciate that. And yeah, like like Bob said, if you're not a member, come and see us. We'd love to we'd love to get you to join. Reach out to myself, uh, Roxy Joe Richardson, our membership director, or anybody on our staff. They really, um, as Bob said, we've got an amazing staff here. They love what they do, and they love to talk about the chamber and and what they do, and really just help the community as a whole. That's that's what we're here for. We're here to help the business community, but we're here to help the community as a whole thrive because they they go hand in hand. You can't have a, a healthy business community without a, a healthy community. Absolutely. 
Well, again, thank you for your time today. We do appreciate it. And I hope everyone uh, plans to uh, listen in to our next podcast. Uh, we enjoy these and we enjoy uh, trying to be a voice of positivity for our community uh, that we live in and uh, reinstate a sense of pride in uh, being a resident of the Stockton, California area. So thank you very much, Tim. Thank you, Bob. Shop local, support local. That's it for this episode of iTalk. We'll be back with another episode soon, but in the meantime, we'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Or you can find it on our website at brooksideoptometric.com. We'd also invite you to visit us on Facebook or Instagram, where you can stay up to date on everything that's happening in the office, as well as eye care tips and information. Thanks for joining us. And on behalf of all of us at Brookside Optometric Group, we hope you can see well, be well, and thrive.